following is a message from Living Waters Church in Elk River, Minnesota. For more information, visit livingwatersmn.org. I am um, always excited when we launch into a, a new sermon series. I always have expectation for what the Lord wants to bring, and uh, Pastor Bob did an awesome job last week, really launching it, talking about how we stay in hope, and I loved the picture he gave. If you weren't here, or if you haven't listened to it, I would encourage you to listen. It was an excellent uh, word, and he gave the picture of how we stay in hope um, by casting our cares where they belong, and that's on Jesus. And this concept of it's not just we're going to throw off worries, we're going to throw off our concerns, but that we actually give them to Jesus because he is the master of the great exchange. The whole relationship that he has to us is we give him something, he takes it and he gives us back something better. And so we can try to avoid the worry, we can try to avoid all of those things, um, but it's better if we actually bring it to him and, and lay it on him. Pastor Bob did a little redecorating and uh, had, had his worries and his cares thrown on the cross, but that's the reality of it, we can do that, that we can give it to him and then he exchanges something for us. Here's the thing, if we don't give it to him, then he can't give us the better thing. So, so it, that's how it works when you exchange something. You have to give something to get something in exchange. So I thought it was an awesome word, an awesome way to, to start out um, our time just really looking at and going after hope. We don't just cast off our cares, we cast them onto the one who gives us something better in exchange for it. And one of the things I just wanted to consider, because I felt like today the Holy Spirit wants to have a dialogue with us. Isn't that great that I'm not the only person who's going to be talking to you today? I love that. But he wants to have a dialogue with us this morning. And even as it relates to this word about casting our cares on him, I just want us to consider for a minute, what is it that you intentionally need to give him this morning? What is it that, that you're carrying? Maybe even you've been running away from it. You've been trying to avoid it. You've been saying, oh, I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. I'm not going to think about that. But what is it that you need to intentionally give to him this morning? And I'm just going to give us a second to think about that. What do I need to give him? What is a care or a worry that I want to lay at his feet just take a minute. You can even ask him, because he knows. You can ask the Holy Spirit, what do I need to lay down? What am I carrying? What am I carrying that you don't intend for me to carry? encourage you just internally in your spirit to see yourself laying that down. 
I want to lay this down at your feet. I don't want to carry it. This isn't your portion that you meant for me to carry. And then I want you to ask inwardly, what is it that you want to give me instead of that? What's the exchange for this thing that I'm going to lay down? What are you giving me in place of it? What is the better thing? This is a, I'm sorry to interrupt your dialogue with Holy Spirit. This is a, a practice, a daily practice that we can have, that we can say, okay, what am I carrying today? What am I even maybe trying to run away from? What am I, what am I trying not to think about that really the key to getting free of it is to actually intentionally give it to him? and to let him give something in place of it. And even in that process, if you feel like, well, I don't, I don't know if I can hear God that way, I just want to encourage you to continue to, to practice it. That that's, it comes with practice of, of, of listening to his voice, of, of you know, seeing what, what comes through your mind. Some people... Some people don't hear words or see words. Sometimes they see a picture. He speaks to us all differently in the way. Sometimes he brings to mind a scripture verse. But I want us to really, as we're pursuing hope in this season, that we would get really good at having this dialogue with Holy Spirit. This dialogue where we can say, okay, I want to lay this down, and I know you have something in exchange. Because the reality is the things that we're meant to walk in, we don't have apart from him. We have to tap into something different than, than what we have just in and of ourselves. We have to tap into that place where he, he connects and there's this flow. And, and sometimes we have to clear the clutter that we're carrying. We have to, it, it can't flow because we've got stuff that we're full of. What are we full of? And so we, we want to be intentional. The other piece is, as, it, as we talk about that, that he, he's the one who is the great exchanger. The Bible talks about that he gives us beauty for ashes, joy for mourning, the garment of praise for heaviness. And yet sometimes we think, I'm going to come up with this in and of myself. I'm going to, I'm going to find a way to get joy. I'm going to, I'm going to focus on happy things. I'm going to, you know, whatever it is. But he want, he's the source of those things. He's the source of that. He's the one who wants to make the exchange. But there does come a point sometimes when we have to be willing to mourn so we can receive joy. We have to be able to say, yeah, this is really hard. This is disappointing. I feel lost here. All the while being open to receive on what he wants to give us in place of that. I just thought it was a powerful word last week that Pastor Bob brought that, that deserved a dialogue with Holy Spirit. 
that deserve this exchange and recognizing that I can do this constantly throughout the day, that I can say, okay, this is how I see this situation. How do you see this situation? What do you want to show me about that? I see uh, dissension. What do you want to bring to it? I see anxiousness. I see um, whatever it is. What do you want to bring to that? Because he's the source of that. We do this with hope as well, that we can have an exchange for hopelessness of hope. And I think there's times, again, where we feel like our hope is something we have to trump up in ourselves. Maybe if I just have enough input of, of good, if I read enough books about how hopeful I should be, if I, you know, whatever it is, and, and I have more information, maybe if I know more about the subject, I'll feel more hopeful about the subject. But there's this exchange that he wants to bring where we bring our hopelessness and he deposits hope in us that's founded in who he is, not necessarily in what, what information we can find. I think this is a season for a lot of people where there has been the urge to find hope in whatever we can possibly grab onto whether it's in your personal life, whether you're dealing with things in your personal life or whether you're, you're looking at what's going on around us or what's going on in our nation or what's going on in your family or whatever it is, that we can have this urge when we're in a place of hopelessness to grab onto whatever we can to try to find that place of hope. Maybe this is it. I mean, even, even good things. Maybe if I read about this, maybe if I listen to this song, maybe if I, and I think we're in a season where there's this intimate exchange of hope that he wants to bring that comes from coming to him with our hopelessness, pouring it out and letting him fill us with his hope. Coming to him with, with our mourning and letting him fill us with his joy. we can have that exchange with him. Our text that we're focusing on this month is Romans 15, 13. And this is the prayer that I'm praying over us as a body. I love Paul, because when I don't really know what to pray, Paul usually has some kind of prayer that, that I can pull out of Scripture. And here's, here's what I'm praying for us. Now may the God of all hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. May the God of all hope, the absolute source of hope, fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that you are overflowing with hope, that you are abounding with hope, obnoxiously spilling your hope on everybody around you all the time. Like, you got your hope on me. Like that. That we would abound in hope and that it comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing that I say this morning, nothing, no story I tell, no scripture I bring is going to make that happen for you except by the anointing of the Holy Spirit working in you. So you don't really even have to listen if you don't want to. You do, because you're my daughter. No, I'm just kidding. 
You don't really have to listen if you don't want to, because I'm speaking to your spirit this morning as we talk about this God of hope and as we talk about how, how we stay anchored. I'm preaching uh, this week and next week, and today what I want to talk about is how we stay anchored to hope, how we stay connected to the source of hope in our lives. And so that, as this verse said, so that we can abound in hope. So next week we're going to be talking about what does it look like to abound in hope now that I'm anchored to hope and I'm connected to that source of hope in my life. What does it look like for it to be overflowing? What does it look like for us to be a people of hope in a hopeless generation where people are feeling like, I don't know what's going to happen next? Where people are feeling like, I, this, is, this isn't what I thought it was, and <clears throat> life isn't what I thought it was going to be. What does it look like for us to be people of hope in the midst of that? But today what I want to talk about is how we stay anchored to hope. What's important is that we recognize that the hope that we're talking about is not an, a worldly, earthly hope. Not like I said on the teaser video for this Sunday, I hope I see you on Sunday. Not like that. I hope I don't fall off the steps. There's that one too. But, but it's, not, it's not the kind of hope that, you know, I, are you going to be there? Are you going to be at my party? I hope so. Do you know what that means? It means no, I probably can't. <laughs> But, but not, that's not the kind of hope that we're talking about. Biblical hope is different than optimism. Yeah. Biblical hope is different than, than natural hope, which is like a wish. It's like a desire. That I desire something to happen, but I'm not entirely sure that it will. That's a, that's a natural kind of hope. I hope it doesn't rain. I hope the Vikings win. I just have to do that because every pastor should make jokes about football teams. That's what I've learned. <laughs> but, but that we would be connected to not a natural hope that wants something to be true but isn't sure if it's true, not a kind of natural hope that the level of hope is actually dependent and rises and falls based on the circumstance playing out in front of us. I have that kind of hope. Oh, I think it's not going to rain because I don't see any clouds in the sky. I hope it doesn't rain. You know, we, we can have this natural hope. We can even think that it's biblical hope. But how we know the difference is if the level of our hope changes based on the circumstance. If the level of our hope, like, oh, I got bad news. My hope is not so high. That's, that's a natural kind of hope. But we're connected to a different kind of hope. We're connected to a supernatural hope that comes by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're connected by a supernatural hope that is, comes through what Jesus did for us. We're connected to something supernatural. And where we see that play out <clears throat> is we look at what biblical hope looks like. There's several different words in the Old Testament for hope. Sometimes they're, um, some of them are translated trust, but really they, they mean hope. And one of them that is most often used is one yachal. It means to wait continually with patience and enduring trust. 
This is, this is a mark all throughout the Old Testament that God's people were carrying Yahal, this hope, this constant hope of him showing up and acting on their behalf, of, of him intervening in their circumstance. In Psalm 71.14, it says, But I will hope continually, Yahal continually, and I will praise you yet more and more. It is this enduring hope that is not dependent on circumstances. It says, I am anchored to this hope in his promise and what he's told me and who he is and his goodness. I'm anchored to that and I'm continually connected to it. I stay in that place of hope regardless of what's happening around me. Another type of hope that's the second most used, I'm not a Hebrew scholar, so for those of you that are, please forgive my pronunciations, but this one is tikva, and it's a cord or a tether. That's, that's its, it's translated hope, but other places it's translated as a cord or a tether or being bound to something. And so when it uses this word, when in the Hebrew language, it has this, this sort of understanding of, of being attached to, of, of binding yourself to this hope. In Psalm 25, 3, it says, no one who waits, or some translations say, no one who hopes, and this is that word, tikva, in the Lord will ever be put to shame. Or one of our favorite verses about hope, Jeremiah 29, 11, for I know the thoughts I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope, is this word, to bind you to an ongoing hope with me. Another place that it's used, a form of the word is kava, so tikva and kava are related, they have a similar root, and that, that means like the tension of hope. It's like the, the picture in other places that it's used in the Hebrew language is to put tension on a cord, like the kind of like leaning back on it, pulling on it, and it, there's a tension of hope. And part of it is this connotation that we're meant to keep the tension on that hope. We're meant to, to be leaning into it, to be keeping that, that we're, we're bound to it and we keep the tension on it. So hope in the Old Testament, which there's like seven different words. This is, I know, every Sunday I talk about the restrictions of the English language, but seven different words that have this meaning and this whole picture. This is what I love about looking at the word and what God wants us to see in that. Hope in the Old Testament means to wait for something with expectation and anticipation that it will happen it is often accompanied by joy and pleasure, and it's related and connected to God and his faithfulness. So when we see these words for hope in the Old Testament, my hope is in the Lord. I will hope in him continually. No one who puts their hope in him. Hope? I'm saying your name a lot today. I hope you don't feel like I'm yelling at you. No one who puts their hope in him will be put to shame. It has to do with this expectation, not 
a desire, but I'm not sure if it'll happen. It is an expectation with an anticipation that absolutely it will come. And because I have that hope, I don't see the thing happening yet, but I know that it's going to happen. And because I have that hope, I have joy and peace around this issue. And my believing that it's going to happen is not attached to anything other than the promise and faithfulness and character of my God, the goodness of who he is, and the belief that he will have his way on the earth. That's what it's attached to. Biblical hope in the New Testament has fewer words than in the Hebrew in Greek, it's elpis or elpizo, and it's an expectation of what is guaranteed. An expectation of what is guaranteed. It's not, maybe, maybe it'll happen if this, if that. In Ephesians 2.12, it says, Remember that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope, and without God in the world. So there's this connection between being without God, being unattached to his covenant and his promise, and being without hope. And, and what he's saying here, the writer's saying, you remember you were once without hope because you were without God. You were untethered to his goodness and his promise and his character and his nature. So this is that kind of hope, this guarantee. In Matthew 12, 21, it says, and in his name, the nations will trust, or some, some translations say the Gentiles, Gentiles just means anybody who's not Jewish. <laughs> in his name, the nations will trust, will hope. And so we see here his name. It's not just his name. The connotation of that word is his character his fame, his reputation, and his cause. That is what our hope is anchored to. And Jesus is described as the hope of the nations. From this verse, this is actually in Matthew, but it's an Old Testament prophecy, that in his name, the nations will trust, will hope. In Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, El Piso, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things that are not seen. So this is what's interesting about hope is it's completely unseen, but completely sure to the one who's tethered to that hope. It's completely not, it's, the word says in another place, what is seen no longer requires hope. What is seen no longer requires this Anchoring to something that I can't see, but I believe is true. I believe is going to come about. So we're tethered to something that we can't see. And why it's important, why, why it's important that we have hope, for one thing, there's a, a verse that talks about, um, now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. Hope is one of the big three, <laughs> Hope is one of the things, if I, if I, in my Christian life, I'm going to go after three things. I'm going to go after faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. 
So even my hope, the source of it, the, my hope will come from a place of love. It will come from love relationship with God. And my hope, when it spills onto other people, will be attached to love. If it's not, it's not hope. Because God is love and God is hope. And that's his nature and his character. So it's important that we have this because it's one of the big three, but also because it says faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith isn't possible apart from hope. Faith, faith can't materialize without hope. And yet faith is the thing that allows us to move mountains. Faith is the thing that allows us to see impossible things happen. Faith is the thing that pleases God and feels like the pleasure of God when we, we're in faith, but we can't have it apart from hope. Like, hope is the soil that faith grows out of. Or if you, another picture would be, hope is the pilot light on the furnace of faith. My hope has to stay lit for faith to be ignited when I need faith. So am I tending that pilot light? Am I, am I protecting that place of hope so that when faith needs to be engaged, which is the action part, which is the, the stepping into this unseen thing, when I need to engage faith, is hope lit? Because if it's not, it's really hard to be in faith. So we have this hope all over Scripture. If you want to do your own word study, look for every place that talks about the hope that we have and what it's attached to Every time it's attached to the faithfulness, the goodness, the character, the promise, the nature of God. So that's what we pursue in our pursuit of hope. So in the Old Testament, hope means to wait for something with expectation and anticipation that will happen. It's accompanied by joy and pleasure. It's related to God. In the New Testament, it means a reasonable expectation looking towards the future with an assurance. It's also accompanied by joy and pleasure. And in the New Testament, it's related to Jesus. It's connected to that he brought about. Jesus was the object of hope for a lot of the Old Testament. The hope that they're looking for, even the ways that God engaged with people in the word, when we look at how he engaged, was, was not even the fullness of the hope that they knew was coming. And so we see Jesus as the fulfillment of that hope. And it's important that we can connect to that. Why? Because we're addicted to hope and allergic to hopelessness. We just are. We don't function, and we don't function that way because we're image bearers of a God whose entire being is about hope. Creation was about hope. His, even his relationship with Adam and Eve and, and the fall and all that, he moved forward with hope. Every time that humanity does something that, that is not in line with his nature and his character and his goodness, he moves forward in hope. Isn't it amazing that God doesn't get discouraged with us? That, that he, has, he has hope for, 
for where things are headed, we are the representation of that on the earth. We are meant to bear his image in that way, that we continually move forward in hope. So we need to get it because we're created to operate in that realm. We cannot function in hopelessness. It actually harms our physical bodies to be in hopelessness. It messes with our chemistry. Our chemistry is wired for hope. So we need to be anchored to that place. And that's where we need to traffic. So we're looking at, am I anchored to this hope? That picture comes from Hebrews 6.19, where the writer says, This hope we have as an anchor for the soul, both sure and steadfast, which enters the presence behind the veil. There's a few different ways that that's translated. But basically it's saying hope is the anchor for our soul. It's the place of stability in a world that's shaking. It's a place of stability. It's a place of unchanging goodness. That's where our hope is anchored to. And it's in an unseen place. It's in his presence behind the veil. That's where hope lives, in the presence of God, in who he is. It doesn't live in all of the information and all of the things swirling around us. It lives in the very essence of who he is. And so if we're going to anchor ourselves to that hope, that's where it needs to be. Especially in times like we've been in. People are searching for something to anchor their hope to. There has come an instability. You know, many other nations have dealt with instability over time. We have as well, but not to the degree that we are in this time. And so we have a unique opportunity in this season to, to see what we're anchored to. These times of difficulty, times of trial, help us to see what is it I'm anchored to? Because when there's not a storm, it really doesn't... Goodness, did someone move this stair? <laughs> when there's not a storm, it really doesn't matter as much what we're anchored to. But when there is a storm, it's important that we not drift, that we not be turned over. And so here's an opportunity. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this opportunity that we have to check our anchors, to see what it is. What am I leaning on? What am I, what am I tethered to? What am I bound to that isn't going to hold, that isn't stability, that isn't strength, that isn't the goodness of your character? So this is an opportunity in in. In uh, the natural, when there's a storm that comes up at sea, the captain may drop an anchor so that no matter which way the wind comes from, the boat doesn't turn over and doesn't drift into the rocks. Or... And so we need to make sure that our anchor is, is connected. A Bible commentary said this about that scripture, the anchor of the soul. It says the anchor has its holding ground in the unseen 
And it's because the anchor enters into the eternal, unchanging, steadfast world that it, that it can never shift or lose hold. It's the very presence of God that the anchor of hope takes hold. It's the very presence of God. It's who he is. Sometimes we can be anchored to what we think he's going to do, what we think we know about him, what we think would be the best possible godlike thing. But the reality is this anchor is is affixed to him alone, to his very presence, to who he is. That's why I want us to have this dialogue with him. Because I don't want our hope to be anchored to any other information. How many of you feel a little bit on information overload right now? Like, like there's always something to read, study, look at, that, and here's what happens, and we don't realize it's happening. We begin to go, oh, okay, okay, good. And we throw an anchor to that thing. Oh, it's, okay, it's good to know that. Okay, this is truth. Okay, and we anchor it. It's not stable. It's not, it's not the steadfast place to anchor ourselves to. So instead, we're going to have this dialogue with the hope exchanger. <laughs> We're going to have a dialogue with him and say, what do you want to show me about this? What is true about this? Not just, did you read this article? Is this true? Not like that. What is true about what he's doing, even in the midst of it? There's an ultimate truth, and it's found in his character, in his nature, in his goodness, and what he's, he's going to bring about on the earth. So we fix ourselves to that anchor so here's, here's a, there's two things that make war against our hope. And we are in a war. I've, I've been hearing that a lot. I'm not sure if I'm in the same war other people are in. But the war that I'm in is the war for my hope. And for what is my hope going to be attached to? That's the battle for me. That's what, that's what I wrestle with. That's what... I'm, I'm in dialogue with the Lord about. That's what I'm asking, Holy Spirit. Show me the places where I'm anchored to something other than you. Show me the things that, that I've leaned into. Do you know what, what the main thing that I've leaned into that's not him? Myself. My ability to fix this, to fix that. Not secure. Do you know what happens when you anchor a boat in the boat? (laughs) Nothing. Nothing happens. It's not anchored to anything. So daily, I'm having to lay that down, that somehow, if I do this, if I do that, in this relationship, in this situation, if I know enough about this, if I preach like that, If I pray like this, that's the key. No. I am anchored to something unseen. I am anchored to something that doesn't come in my own strength. 
So what is it that we're anchored to that isn't him? Or, or what is it when, when, when there's, so there's, there's two different pieces. It's causing us to anchor ourselves to something different, to put our hope in something different. And the other piece is to bring to us this constant barrage, that's the word, this constant barrage, there is no hope. There is nothing secure. There is nothing that's, even, even in, as we question things in, in, a, in faith or what we believe, there's this lie that wants to come and say, there is no hope. There's nothing secure. There's nothing in this storm. There's nothing that can hold you fast. And we all know that's not true in our heads. We know, we, we read scripture, we don't believe that. We sing in the morning, you know, as we started our day with worship, and we, we sing that, that his name is above every other name. That, that he's, he's got a plan, and it's going to be good, and we're going to like it, and it's all okay. And we sing that, but there comes this barrage of, because we're not guarding our hope. Sometimes we don't guard our hope by what we allow into our spirits, what we read, what we focus on, what we meditate on. Are you meditating on and spending time on the types of things that keep your hope pilot lit? Or or is it being doused every time you open up your phone and listen to the news? And here's the thing. Am I saying that we shouldn't be aware of what's going on. Or, you know, sometimes we anchor our hope to relationships. Oh, if this relationship's okay, I'm okay. I've done that in my marriage. And then, and then we hit a patch where we're not feeling so okay, and all of a sudden, where's my hope? I, I, I can't be okay if we're not okay. And then I'm trying to weather a storm with no anchor. And even in our marriage, our anchor isn't in the relationship. It's in, it's in who he is. So I'm not saying, you know, we, don't, we, we aren't in relationship. We don't give ourselves to relationship or that we're not aware of what's going on or, or that we're not involved in, in the community or in all these different areas. What I'm saying is that's not where my hope is. I'm involved in it. I'm not anchored to it. I'm not, I'm not bound to it as my hope. And that's tricky. I have a difficult time staying, as I press into these other things, I need to stay anchored to hope in him. So where is our anchor this morning? What are we fixed to? What are we leaning up into and putting tension on? Because I think probably like me, we're finding things that we thought were solid aren't as solid. Or even things that we thought were not anchored to, but as things come loose and we start spinning, we realize, oh, I was anchored to that. I was anchored to this relationship. I was anchored to this system. I was anchored to this way of thinking, to this ideal Our anchor is behind the veil, which just means it's in the presence and the nature of who God is. Our anchor is in in what he can do, not what we can do. 
So Psalm 39.7. This is our commitment to being anchored to him. But now, Lord, what do I wait for? What do I, kava is the word there, tension. What do I, what am I bound to that I'm, I'm holding tension with? What do I wait for? My hope is in you. That's our declaration this morning. I am throwing one anchor, and it's in you. And every other, I'm going to cut loose everything else that isn't holding me steady. So I'm going to pray. Lord, I thank you that you are our hope that you are the place that we can anchor. I thank you for your goodness in showing us anything that we are anchored to that will not hold, that is not steady, that is not steadfast. I thank you for the dialogue that you're having with us of what you want to exchange with us. We trade our false hopes, and our hopelessness for your true hope. Would you show us that this week? Where are we holding out false hopes? Where are we anchoring ourselves to something that will not hold us? Thank you that out of your great love for us, you're revealing it to us so we can be anchored to something that is steady and steadfast. I thank you, Lord, that it's not even just for us. Help us to see that our holding on to hope in this way is for the sake of others as well. Help us to see how we can share that. Can you stand? And I just want to bless you with that scripture out of Romans. Because this hope has to come by anointing of the Holy Spirit. So I pray for us that the God of hope, that you, the one who holds all hope, the God of hope would fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you would be so filled that it pushes everything else out. that you may abound in hope, that you may be overflowing, that you may have more than enough hope, and that all of this would come by the power of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's message. To learn more about us, please visit livingwatersmn.org.